Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go. The dude. Yeah, Lebowski. Lebowski. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Lebowski. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 68. I'm Rob Wright, executive editor of CERT Security, and I'm here, as usual, with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, it's good to be back in the studio yet again this week. We should say for the record, we are recording this on a Thursday, August 17th, and we are talking about, it seems like we're talking about Russian hacking, the DNC hack, election interference for the the umpteenth time here. But this is a bit of a different spin on the topic because there was a recent report that came out from an organization that cast doubts on the conventional wisdom around the DNC hack and basically claims that in, in a very explosive manner that the DNC hack was not an external hack. It was not a hack at all, but it was an inside job. And the report claims to have technical evidence to support these allegations. And this is very serious. This, this open letter, I think, was published initially a few weeks ago on a site, uh, Consortium News. And it was picked up not too long ago, I think maybe last week, by The Nation, which did a really long, really in-depth article on the subject. And Nation, very left-wing liberal publication. And it sort of took off from there. And now there's a lot of people in the public, I would say, and in, in, you know, in, in certain media circles saying, well, there you go, this proves that this, this whole Russia hacked the DNC, that whole narrative just got blown to bits. Well, Peter, Rob, we're going to take a look at this letter, at this article from The Nation, and try to get to the bottom of this, because I think some things need to be pointed out about this uh, alternate theory. But first, I guess we should explain the organization in question is, is called VIPS, and VIPS stands for Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity. And we should say a little bit about this organization. Uh, Peter, you have the letter in front of you, but basically this organization's been around for a while, right? It's been around since about... 2003? 2003. It's an organization that was started by, uh, you know, as the name says, ex-intelligence officials, people that worked in the NSA, CIA, etc. They no longer work there, but they kind of came together many years ago, almost uh, 18 years now. And they came together because they were upset about the impending war with Iraq and basically called into question the, the intelligence around the, the WMD claims with Iraq. And the organization's been very active since that time. And so this isn't, I, I want to say for the record, this isn't like a... A, a bunch of conspiracy theorists. They, this obviously is a conspiracy theory, what they're putting forth, and they are putting forth a conspiracy theory. I think we're, we'll get into sort of the explosive allegations in the letter. 
But this is an organization that features people like William Binney. And Binney, for those that don't know, he's an ex-NSA official, and he was a, whistle, a whistleblower. He left the organization shortly after 9-11, shortly after discovering just how invasive sort of domestic surveillance and, and sort of widespread spying on American citizens had become. And he helped expose things like, you know, Stellar Wind and other programs like that. And so he knows his stuff. This is, this is somebody who's very well respected in internet privacy and internet policy and law and technology. I mean, so, so that said, this letter, man, is it's a little strange like it's it's what jumped out at you uh peter before i guess we sort of get into the specific allegations but you and i were talking offline about this that it just seemed well the the thrust of the letter seems to be to say that there was no hack it was just a leak it was copied it yep. wasn't hacked now, and but not only that it was made to look uh, like a hack. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. Right. Which we'll get into. Right. And there's the the thing that one of the one of the other things that struck me was that the the gist of the argument was this couldn't have been a hack because of the one piece of forensic evidence that we are going to share here about um, that some implications of the file. Uh, Downloads and and how how, how fast yeah. they were done, yeah. uh, or copied or whatever. But so yeah, the the inference that a hack and copying are exclu mutually exclusive somehow. Yeah. Um, but also that that one piece of evidence was enough to v invalidate the entire st every other piece of evidence that we've seen or not seen because yeah. it's an ongoing investigation. Do sure. How much sure. how much evidence is going to be made? Yeah, public, and it's it's a pretty forceful letter. It's it's not, it it's not. Hey, we should take a second look at this. It's not, it's not saying, here's here's an alternate theory that we need to explore. It's basically it's it's pretty forceful in what it's it's claiming, and it's it's an open letter to the president, basically saying. The Russia hack did not happen, and this is why. And uh, and it was an inside job. And it was an inside job, and you need to, you know, you need to to, to act on this. And it's it's pretty remarkable again that people that that experienced intelligence officials put their name to this and attested to it. So so now you know now we're wondering, okay, well, what's the technical evidence? What's going on here? Well, let's let's jump into that. So, so as I mentioned, the Nation did an article, and and the reason I'm picking up the Nation here is because they did the the most the longest and the most extensive piece on this VIPS report uh, to date. They seem to be the closest to the organization. They they talked to some people. They they really went the the author really went in depth on this report. Unfortunately, the article presents a lot of things that just do not make sense. There are actually a lot of problems with the article uh, that I'll get into in a minute, but but the but the the Nation article points out that the individuals that the forensic evidence that the Vips organization is reviewing 
come from two people, uh, security researchers by the name of Adam Carter and an anonymous individual named the Forensicator. We don't have any idea who the Forensicator is. And not only that, we don't have any idea who Adam Carter is. Adam Carter is on Twitter. He says he's a CTO, but he doesn't say what organization. It's just a, it's a pseudonym. And both Carter and the Forensicator have extensive uh, uh, blogs that cover the subject matter, but it's the only thing that's on their blogs. So it seems that their blogs or their domains were not active until July of last year when they started writing about this stuff, uh, which is odd. It's a bit of a red flag. And all of the material in this report is ba correct. It's based on those two guys. It's, it's not, it's not, there's no sort of, oh, here's some evidence that we collected from this security vendor, or here's this sort of well-known security uh, professional. It sort of makes vague references to, uh, you know, other input, but, but it's primarily based on those two guys. And we don't have any idea who they are. And where did they find the forensic evidence? Well, they claim, I'm glad you brought that up, they claim, I think the forensicator was the first to claim this, that they, they obtained Guccifer, the purported Russian hacker, the guy who claims to be behind all this, uh, that, they, that they got a hold of his documents that he posted on, I, I, don't, I can't recall if it was Twitter or wherever else, but in July of last year, shortly after the DNC emails showed up on WikiLeaks, he said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the hacker and here's some material. And the, I think the forensicator was the, was, uh, of the two was the first to come out and say, oh, I've looked at the metadata and this, this guy's a fraud. Okay, let's start there. Yes, Guccifer may be a fraud. That doesn't invalidate, like, like it could have been anybody. They could have gotten material from any number of sources, either within the DNC or maybe they just took the WikiLeaks stocks and, you know, who knows? Like, I, I, it's, if the guy's a fraud, the guy's a fraud. That doesn't disprove that it was Russia behind the DNC hack. But I guess the more important claims, like you said, Peter, was, was one specific one. Like, the linchpin of the entire theory is this idea that the, the, the data, the emails could not have been exfiltrated or downloaded remotely because the speed was so fast. Right. And what mean, do you say to that? I say that sounds like a load of manure because, and it, and it goes back to the claim that hacking is different from copying or, or mutually exclusive from copying and that leaking and hacking are two different things as well. Right. If, if, you're, if you're hacking a network, you get into the network and you do your thing and you may be moving files around in the network. You could have, you could have, you, you could have somebody, you could have a janitor that's helping you out that put a, puts a USB device yeah, maybe. on a computer and then uh, removes it when, is it when they're told. I mean, there's, there's any number of plausible explanations for, for this, not to mention the fact that the speed of the download that they cite is, is consistent with fast ethernet. So I mean we're not talking about like, right. we're not talking about uh, terabyte in, in ethernet here. Right. We're talking about ordinary ethernet. 
yeah. more or less. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, going back to The Nation and their article on this, they put a lot of weight in this VIPS report and the technical, technical evidence. And like I said, there's a lot of problems with this article. A couple pages in the article, it says, there was no hack of the Democratic National Committee system on July 5th last year, not by the Russians, not by anyone else. Hard science now demonstrates it was a leak, a, downloaded ex a download executed locally with a memory key or similar, similarly portable data storage device. In short, it was an inside job by someone with access to the DNC's system. To back that up, it cites evidence from, not from the letter, and I should point this out, I think, or maybe that, that a couple of these data points were in the original letter, but actually from the source sort of forensic investigation um, material on Adam Carter and the forensicators' websites on their blogs. Quote, on the evening of July 5th, 2016, 1,976 megabytes of data were downloaded from the DNC server. The operation took 87 seconds. This yields a transfer rate of 22.7 megabytes per second. So, and they're saying that's conclusive, conclusive, that it, there's no way that could have been done remotely. It goes on. These statistics are matters of record and essential to disproving the hack theory. No internet service provider, such as a hacker, uh, such as a hacker would have had to use in mid-2016 was capable of downloading data at this speed. What? What? Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go. The dude. Yeah. Lebowski. Lebowski. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Lebowski. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> because ah. all right. Number one Files get copied all, all the time. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't have to. Well, actually, number zero, you mentioned earlier that it it could only have been done by somebody with access to the DNC systems, mm. which internally, 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 yeah. which in fact, if you're a hacker and you've got access to the systems, you're in the system. You are in the system exactly. You could you can move. Right, exact, right. You can move the file from one system to another at local Ethernet speeds of 22 megabytes per second, uh, which, as I mentioned, is totally consistent with a, with a modern, not even, not even state-of-the-art, but yep. you know, modern as of 2005, let's say. 100, me 100 megabyte, megabit Ethernet can give you that kind of download. And if you're in the system as an attacker from outside, your access to the system may be slower, yep. but when you're copying a file from one directory to another, from uh, one system to another on that local ethernet, you're going, you're local, you're in the system, even mm -hmm. though you're remote, you're, even though your access to that, to that point is remote. Yep. So it, it, the whole argument kind of falls apart. And, and one of the things that struck me about the nation article they 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 built up the validity of the people on vips saying that they're all expert cyber dudes yeah dudettes presumably but i don't i don't know if i was last working in the intelligence community 
as an active member of the community 15 years ago, and you that know. was the last time I was active there. Yeah. How does that make me a current expert? Yeah. So there's, um, well, and, and and balance all that with the fact that seven was it 17 intelligence agencies in the U.S. intelligence community agreed that this was not an insider job, not a not a, a leak, but rather an actual hack. Um, that's what I got. Yeah. I mean, if you want to disprove the the theory that is that is maintained by the people closest to the evidence and the people with the most expertise and ability related to that evidence, yep. Yep. you've got to do more than just say, "Oh, this is inconsistent." Yeah. You gotta you gotta hit every single right. And again, the article and the letter. And, and other places, the consortium news and other places that have picked up on this letter have been very forceful in their in their conclusions, not saying, oh, this is this is something, you know, hey, this maybe is something worth looking into. But you're you're you mentioned the, the VIPs personnel. So I want to read a section of the story because this is important. This is later in the story. Quote, by by this time, Benny and other Technical side people at VIPS had begun working with a man named Skip Folden. Folden was an IT executive at IBM for 33 years, serving 25 years as an IT program manager in the, IT, in the United States. He had also consulted for Pentagon officials, the FBI, and the Justice Department. Okay, good. Folden is, is effectively the VIPS group's liaison to, foreign, to, for, to forensicator Adam Carter and other investigators. But... Neither Folden nor anyone else knows the identity of either Forensicator or Adam Carter. So you mean to tell me that, that this collection of intelligence officials, former intelligence officials, experienced for, uh, for, uh, intelligence officials, are relying on not their own expertise, which, as you pointed out, is outdated, but they're relying on the expertise of two individuals that they don't know the identity of? How do you know that this isn't that these guys aren't Russian shills that are just looking to discredit? I mean, to create fake news to to, to discredit the, all of the the conventional wisdom about the DNC hack and undermine the investigation. I mean, that's ludicrous to me. I I mean, it's absolutely absurd. And again, VIPs, not a fly-by-night organization, not like some, not a bunch of whack jobs talking about Area 51. Like, these guys know their stuff. But for them to put their faith in this guy, that the two guys, they don't know, they don't know who they are? They don't even know where they are. Even though they say, well, by the timestamps and, and, uh, uh, and other information that they seem to have gleaned, they, they put... Uh, forensicator in California, yep. in in uh, the West Coast. Yeah, but how, part how, of the part of the story, part of this whole story is that every nothing can be proven. Yeah, so. timestamps. Like, do, do you honestly think? I mean, if you're going to say that Guccifer manipulated data, well, why do you think that he didn't manipulate timestamps? Like, like wh- why do you think that the the forensicator didn't ma- manipulate timestamps? Like, why do you think anybody didn't manipulate timestamps? Like, I I don't. I, it makes no sense to me that you would that you would apply inherent skepticism to the claims of about the DNC hack from not only the intelligence community, but from CrowdStrike. And they throw shade at CrowdStrike in that letter, VIPS does. 
uh, you know, dubious, uh, questionable motives. Uh, okay, fine. Why don't you expound on that and, and tell me why that is? But it's not just it's not just CrowdStrike. It's everyone else that's reviewed the public technical evidence, and there is technical evidence that's public, not just held by the the, the Intel community. So it's organizations like Fidelis, it's organizations like Mandiant, Dell SecureWorks, Threat Connect. They're all wrong. Either they're all wrong, or they're all you're you're basically alleging they're all in on it, and they're just carrying water for the DNC to blame Russia and start what a geopolitical, you know, controversy and potential, you know, restart the Cold War. For what? For what? So I mean, I mean, that's that is unbelievable to me. It's just, and and this is the other thing too, Peter. You mentioned sort of the outdated sort of technical knowledge of maybe some of the individuals here uh, on VIPs. I want to read another portion for, uh, from the nation story. Quote, Folden and Edward Loomis, number, an, another member of the of VIPs, said a survey, this is going back now to the, uh, the, the download speed, which really is sort of the central pillar of their entire theory. Folden and Edward Loomis say a survey published in August, uh, published August 3rd, 2016 by speedtest.net slash reports is highly reliable and it use and use it as their thumbnail index. It indicated that the highest average ISP speeds of the first half to 2016 were achieved by Xfinity and Cox Communications. These speeds averaged 15.6 megabytes per second and 14.7 megabytes per second respectively. Peak speeds at higher rates were recorded intermittently but still do not match the required 22.7 megabytes per second. Again, they're hammering this idea that you could not possibly have these download speeds available to you uh, commercially or otherwise to, to commit the DNC hack. This is ludicrous. Well, it, not if you assume that the hacker or the, or the alleged hacker is using consumer internet access. Right. If they're using a fatter pipe somewhere in a business, FSB, or in other countries, GRU, lots of countries have have much better uh, broadband speeds. That's than we true. Do. Korea, Korea, South Korea, right? Um, but that's also again, it's assuming that in that the one time that the file was moved that they have this in, this data on was the only time the file was moved and the only Which way is absurd. it was moved. Yeah, and the only way it was moved too. And I just have to, I have to jump in here with some more, with, with beating on the nation. Yeah. Um, who else did they talk to about this? No did one. Did they get any yeah, other, I, you know, did they fact check that? Because the only person, the only quotes they have about internet speed seem to come from Folden. From, from the guys who are from pushing the guys, this theory, too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And of course, if you're doing, if you're doing this kind of thing, you're probably not doing it during peak hours. You probably want to avoid doing it during peak hours, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not a hacker, but I, I mean, okay. So I'll I'll bring a little personal experience sure. to this. I'm a I'm a I'm a pretty ardent gamer. Play mm -hmm. a lot of play a lot of games. You need a good good connection, especially for the newer games. Taxing on a system, you want to make sure there's no lag. Yeah, you don't want any lag. Yes. Right. Oh, you know the you know the lingo. All well, right. That comes from you kids. No, before the internet games. No. We talked about lag. Oh, and, my God. And, uh, You're dating yourself and, now. Yeah, well. No, it's okay. 
I haven't did I haven't done that in a few episodes. Yeah, here, so no, I gotta, that's true. Got to reference the old yeah. days. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So so this idea that you can't get twenty two point seven megabytes megabytes. I mean, that's roughly. I think it's probably around one hundred and eighty megabits per second, which is that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. Most homes probably don't have that. But to say that that's not available at all or impossible like or all right it's you're right it's not impossible if you're a nation state like you said if you're an organization overseas or you're a nation state you probably have resources that can give you that download speed and you'd probably want to use them because you want to get that stuff out of there as quickly as possible and that's assuming that that download speed like you said is the is the absolute you know that's the exfiltration point which you don't know. You don't know if it was moved from one server to another or to a cloud. You don't know. But regardless, to say that there's no commercial internet service that provides that speed at that time, is it's not only ridiculous, it's wrong. It's verifiably wrong. A simple Google search, if I didn't already know it, would have proven that. I mean, it's remarkable. Like, like organizations were offering, you know, 300 plus megabits per second, which is far exceeds 22.7 megabytes. I mean, organizations like Comcast inter introduced two big, uh, gigabit service. And I think it was like, maybe it was in 2014, maybe it was 2015. But again, it's ahead of 2016. Like if you're like, you can get that, that download speed commercially. Is it is it is it is it common? Does everyone have it? No, no. Does every service provider offer three, 300 plus or, or two gigabyte? No, no. Can you get it? Yes. Yes, you can. So it's not, it's not, not impossible. impossible. Not it's, even close to, to not impossible. It's totally uh, possible. It is, it is entirely possible. Yes. Possible? <laughs> now, now you're just, <laughs> now you're just getting me going. Um, but yeah, that, so that, that, that just really, that aggravated me to no end. And, to think that that's like that again that's the central pillar to this whole theory and you know people have come at them basically saying this this is wrong like this is wrong and carter's on twitter i think i mentioned that mm -hmm. and some guys like um uh matt tate uh, uh pwn all the things better known as mm -hmm. have have called out this this story and the reports around it and the data and and he's sort of replying to it with like cartoons Basically, you know, like you're missing the point. Like, no, I don't think we are missing the point. Like, I, I think I think the InfoSec community is not conspiring. There's not some Illuminati who is trying to further the Russian, you know, hacking narrative. Like they don't it seems like they don't have a good response to this at all. It's really amazing. And and again, it, it assumes that that hacking or leaking or whatever these things is very is a very simple one step thing where you get no. in you copy it or download it i mean you clearly don't do that no you do you, and and a, and a lot of the people that have been commenting on these stories on twitter for example point are pointing out yeah it's not it's not necessarily the case that that's the only time it was copied in the process of being uh, exfiltrated from the dnc it's and it's not even it's even possible that it's not even the way that it was exfiltrated. Yeah. Um, knowing how businesses and offices often work in this country, yeah, we're an open society. So a lot of people 
bridle at the thought of locking everything up all yeah. the time. And yeah, and, and not only that, I mean, you mentioned, the, you, you talked about this vein of, of possibilities with the, the download speed earlier, but, you know, Rob Graham, well-known security researcher, wrote about this. He was one of, of, of several people to kind of come out and say this story is nonsense. This, this, these assertions are silly. This doesn't make any sense. And he said, I'll read from his blog. He says, another point might have been for, regarding the download speed. Another point might have been from one computer to another within the hacker's own network after the data was stolen. Mm. As a hacker, I can tell you that I frequently do this. Indeed, as the story points out, the timestamps of the file show that the 22 megabits per, mega, megabytes per second copy happened months after the hack was detected. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I, it's mind blowing. And like, again, you can read Rob Graham's blog, you can read Matt Tate's commentary on this on Twitter. They, they, they basically say technically this, this stuff is nonsense. Like it doesn't, it doesn't hold up and, and they're not sure why so many people are, are, are flocking to it and why, you know, the nation and other places have sort of have bought this hook, line and sinker. Why Vips has bought it too, which is really, I mean, it's really shocking. So I don't know. I, I guess to close out, Peter, I, I want to ask, are you surprised? I know places like Breitbart and others have, have picked up on this, but it it doesn't seem like it's gotten as much attention, especially from sort of right-leaning media and, and skeptics of the DNC, Russia, you know, Russian collusion narrative, as I might have thought. Like, I, I fully expected at this point today, recording this, after reading all that stuff last week, I thought, Oh, Trump's going to be tweeting about this. All of his loyalists are going to be true. But we haven't. What do you make of that? Do you think, does that surprise you? Uh, nothing surprises me anymore, <laughs> Rob. I mean, part of it is, even though it doesn't fit, even though it fits the narrative of the administration to say, this wasn't a real thing, this was an inside job, it was somebody else, it wasn't the Russians, there's a possibility that the reason they don't want to follow up on this at all is because they want to change the topic from yeah. the Russians. Yeah. Um, that's one possibility. Another possibility is they haven't, it hasn't crossed their desks yet. I find that hard to believe. But maybe with everything that's been going on, I mean, there, there has been a lot, not to get political, but there has been a lot going on yes. outside of Russia hacking election interference. So I, suppo I suppose that is possible, but I would, I would think that you know, certain media outlets and certain Trump loyalists would be looking for exactly this kind of diversion, like, like exactly this kind of thing to kind of throw out there and sort of um, counter the conventional wisdom, like I said. And again, I guess, it, you know, to close, I'm not saying that, like, I, I want drama. I want, I want a good mystery. I don't want this to be open and shut. Comey says it's open and shut. He said they made it obvious. They did it. We know. I know that the intelligence community, the FBI, hasn't released their technical evidence or human intelligence on this to, to back it up. But I'm holding, I, there's a certain part of me that's still, you know, it's still a little skeptical. And I'd like, I, I definitely want to see more. So 
I'm not. I'm open to the possibilities that there's something else going on here, but I, not this. Uh, what surprises me is that these outlets that are reporting the story as if it's uh, a reasonable alternative uh, narrative. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that they haven't done better reporting on it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know that I know that the Washington Post. I think they reported earlier this week that the nation is actually in the process of reviewing the article. Hmm. So we'll see where it goes. Yes, we'll see. But Peter, thank you for. I always love talking conspiracy theories. Thank you for coming in here to talk conspiracy theory with me. It's always good to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.